that's a question I'd like to bring up with our next guest, Joel Klatt, mm-hmm. lead college football mm-hmm. analyst at uh, Fox Sports, joins us now. He's presented by Audi Flatirons. So I, you know, I don't know, Joel. I, uh, I guess football, college football is big business and all. But do these guys have to go to class? <laughs> no, no. Come on, <laughs> what are we talking about? Um, I mean, yes. I mean, <laughs> the answer is yes. But it's a it's a it's a whole new world now. I can tell you that i i don't I don't quite understand this. I will tell you that the 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 people in this sport, regardless of level, that are the most successful are the ones that commit completely and fully to the art of, of the sport. And, you know, if, if you talk with a Tom Brady or you talk with these guys that, that excelled at a, at a high level, it, it's got to be totally encompassing. Not that you, you can't go in the offseason and, and have these experiences, um, but it's, you know, it. They they toe the line a little bit. Um, I'm not trying to be critical, but I think that these types of experiences, while amazing, need to be taken with a grain of salt because, you know, walking with a puffer jacket and an over-the-shoulder bag doesn't score any touchdowns. Well, that's that's for sure. Well, how do you see this going? With uh, it's just a strange new world, right? The bowl season was like you might as well just cancel it because nobody plays, and yeah, you know, this guy's in the transfer portal. This guy's making his first start. This guy, you know. So, how do you see this kind of leveling out? Because right now it's it's the wild west, and I think it'll level out to some point. But how do you see it maybe leveling out in the next couple of years with the transfer portal and the NIL stuff? Well, it'll take a while because college athletics, you know, they move about as, as swiftly as the Titanic. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's going to take a while. You're exactly right about bowl season. And and I think well, one of the things that they can do, and, and I think that this would be a, a huge step in the right direction, is that they can fix the calendar. Um, fixing the calendar will allow you know, teams and programs and players themselves to make better decisions based on more complete information. And, and what I mean by that is, is this, this break that we take in, in December is just, it doesn't benefit anybody. Um, this notion that we've got to take this large break in order for these student athletes to take finals is comical. There's no other sport in intercollegiate athletics that we make a consideration for tests or academics except for football, all of a sudden, it's like, well, that doesn't make any sense. And so what we need to do is move this this new playoff closer to the regular season, not take a break after the end of the regular season and just go right into the postseason like any normal sport would do. That would allow us to finish the season closer to January 1st than you know where we finish it now. It would also allow us to move the, the, the roster movement period of college football to after the season. So we would no longer have the transfer portal open up early in December. We wouldn't have early signing day also in December all at the same time before the season was complete. What we would do is we'd have the ability to complete the season. Then you would know what you need on your roster and what you don't need on your roster. Then we would have a transfer portal time. And then that time would close before we would have a signing day. And the, the analogy I'd bring up is, can you imagine for, for even a nanosecond that the NFL would play their 17 games 
and they would complete their regular season. Then they would take a month off, and in the exact same week, they would have free agency and the draft. Right. Of course not. Right. That would be the dumbest thing ever. So why do we do that in college football? So in, in a lot of ways, the calendar is a way to fix a lot of the issues that we have. And I think that would also present some some inherent fixes in the way that we have a relationship with players. And and the sooner that we can collectively bargain with the players to s- set some parameters and guardrails around their movement um, and the NIL space, I think uh, the quicker that that gets done, the better. Joe, uh, Joe Clapp presented by Audi Flatirons. A couple of weeks ago, you told us that you thought J.J. McCarthy needed another year at Michigan uh, for seasoning, but he is going pro do you see a potential Sean Payton, J.J. McCarthy fit? Um, wow. I mean, um, no. Of the, of the quarterbacks available, he's not the one that I would, I would mark as the fit. It's not that J.J. is, is, is not a good player, because he is. He's, he's an excellent player. I think J.J. would, would fit really well with, I heard you just talking about like Ryan Tannehill at Tennessee with Derrick Henry, you know, like JJ in a complimentary offense really does a lot of things. Well, he's better in play action than he is in straight drop back. So having a coach that understands that having the ability to play with extra gaps in the run game, extra tight ends, and then threatening the, the secondary with tight ends. That's the type of, I think, offense and structure and schematics that I think he would thrive in because that's what he thrived in in college, if you put him into a scenario where he's got five free releases and he's in the shotgun and he's going to be forced to make post-snap downfield reads more than 12, 15 times a game, that's not really what he did in college. Maybe he can develop into that in the National Football League, but to me, Sean's offense is best when he's got a point guard, a real true point guard at the quarterback position, not, not really a complimentary piece to the run game and play action. I think you know, JJ in some ways is a version, although not totally similar, but a version of Russell Wilson. So I, I don't think that that is, you know, the best marriage or fit that I see in this draft. Uh, I want to ask you about Sam Darnold. I know you scouted him. You've called his games. You've you've seen him. You know, before he went to the NFL, and you know, had a long conversation with Kyle Shanahan the other day about just Sam and, and kind of his football rehab, if you will, in the San Francisco system this year and how remarkable he has been and the fact that he came in the league with the Jets, Jeremy Bates with the offensive coordinator. He's trying to run the Peyton Manning offense, right? Everybody's stagnant. You're not motioning anybody. You're not getting pre-snap reads. And you're just diagnosing a defense, you know, pre-snap and then post-snap, and you're finding the guy that you want to go to, your matchup as the quarterback. And, you know, as a young quarterback coming out of USC, it just was overwhelming, right? And so he'd never been in a pure progression style of offense, and this year was a great year. Uh, Kyle told me just how unbelievable he's been all year, um, you know, assimilating the offense, understanding the offense, playing, you know, practicing, doing all those things. Would he be, in your mind, a good fit, a reclamation project like Baker Mayfield was in Tampa for Denver? I think that Sam was put into a position where the fit was just the wrong fit for all of the reasons that you just described. There are very few times when a quarterback enters the league as a rookie and he can just be plug and play, 
regardless of, of what's going on around him and, and the fit in terms of the schematics, the fit in terms of the personalities of the coaches, the fit in terms of the talent around him, what, whether it's in front of him on the offensive line or, or who he's throwing to. Um, let's put it this way. Like Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud are both really good players. And C.J. had a remarkable season, and, and Bryce had a horrible season. I think that in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways, that's way more of an indictment on Carolina than it is an indictment on Bryce Young and, and the fit that went along with that. So I think Sam Darnold was, was basically um, a victim of horrible fit, an organization that didn't know what they wanted to do, how they wanted to do it, uh, didn't surround him with the right pieces, and he wasn't a type of player that was going to rise above that and succeed regardless. And again, those are incredibly rare if they ever happen at all. So he is a reclamation project, but if anything, this year and this playoff season should, I think, illuminate the fact that a lot of different quarterbacks are succeeding. And in particular, when you can have a quarterback that is not being paid in the top five or six contracts. Now, yes, we still have Josh Allen, we still have Patrick Mahomes, and we still have Lamar Jackson. And on the AFC side, maybe that's not totally true, but look at the NFC side. You could you could make a, a strong case that Jared Goff is somewhat of a reclamation project. He's a cast-off. Baker Mayfield, he's a cast-off. Like, th- these guys that can play and, and have some ability, uh, ability need to go to a place where that ability can shine through. And I do think that Sam is that type of player. I believed in him coming out of college, and I, and I still think in the right setting that he can be successful. Hey, I want to go back to what you said about McCarthy not being a fit for Sean. What, what quarterback in this draft do you think fits best for what Sean likes to do? Probably m- more so in, in the place that they could get him. I think Bo Nix is probably... A, a better fit for Sean than than JJ is, um, and Penix. Well, Penix, absolutely. I just don't think Penix is going to be available now. Maybe I'm wrong, and may, and maybe people will be scared off by one his, his last game against Michigan, and two his injury history. If, if the, the main one is Penix, because Penix does exactly what Sean really wants to do which is stand there and have the quarterback orchestrate the entire thing, whether it's downfield, short passing game, accuracy to all areas. Like that's what, that's what I think is, is really the repertoire of where Sean wants to be. That's Penix. There's no doubt. I just don't think he's going to be available. Maybe I'm overestimating, you know, what people are going to think about him, but, but Penix and Bo Nix are the two guys that from a fit standpoint, a style standpoint and, and a skill set standpoint, Fit what I think Sean wants to do and can do here in Denver. Please tell Joel. Please tell me that Bo Nix sounds like this. Hi, I'm Bo Nix. Uh, good to meet you, Joel. Uh, <laughs> please tell me that that's how he sounds. Because if he, I've got this. I've got no, this, he doesn't quite. I mean, there's a little bit of a Southern drawl, but it it, it left him a little bit uh, mm-hmm. in the last couple of years. Being in Eugene, grew up in Alabama, went to Auburn. Uh, obviously played a ton of football. He's got 61 starts under his belt. And, and I've, and I've told you guys this before, like, I think experience in college is, is a really good barometer for success in the national football league. If you look at the guys that actually win Super Bowls, 
in, 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 in the National Football League since Tom Brady won his first. The average college career of all the Super Bowl champions is well over 30 starts, you know, well over a thousand uh, attempts. So this notion that, that you can be an inexperienced guy and you just need to be in the league, I think it's false. I think you need to be experienced. It's a rep position and you need as many reps as you possibly can. I will say that my favorite fact about Bo Nix, and you think his name is great. His girlfriend in college, his, her name was Izzy, and they're now married, so she's Izzy Nix. But her maiden name was Smoke. Izzy Smoke. Mm. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Smoke show. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I like this Izzy Smoke girl. Izzy <laughs> Smoke. Uh, huh. I don't know. There's a joke in there somewhere. There's but so we, we many go. directions yeah. I can go in, but... We'll just call it good. Joel, you're the best. Thanks, Thanks, Joel. Thanks, fellas. Have a good one. Joel Clapp presented by Audi Flatirons. There's always a lot to unpack with Joel, and we'll do that next.